everybody. Uh, it's the Elbows Up podcast. We've got AJ's not here because that's why I'm doing this intro. Um, AJ had some stuff to take care of tonight, so we're uh, we're running solo this evening. But we've got a, a pretty special guest on. We wanted to get him on. Um, he was actually one of the first ones that we thought about that when uh, when we started this deal back up. Um, Cody Somer from. Uh, Mansfield, uh, Mansfield Raceway Park or Speedway Park, and uh, the man behind um, uh, the race out in St. Louis. Um, huge races at Mansfield. Welcome to the show, bud. Hey, how's everybody doing? Appreciate you having me. Well, we, uh, I, I, some people may not know you. I, I, I really, to be honest, don't know you very well. I, I, I got my first. Um, I got my first experience of you at, um, Indy Indoors, um, and I was really, really, I mean, obviously that didn't go the way that everybody wanted it to, but I was very, very impressed with the way everything was done, and I was like, man, we need to figure out a way to keep this guy in short track racing. Um, if you could, what, what kind of, what, what's your background within, within the realm of racing in general? Um, well, I guess uh, to, to what you said with the indie deal, yes, uh, that that uh, it didn't exactly go uh, the way I planned for it to go, <laughs> but in a lot of ways it did. I mean, you having good things to say. I mean, a lot of people did compliment a lot of things about it, but we had, you know, we had some issues happen with that event that really now I probably would be able to just learning some of the things I have, but. Uh, to answer your question, uh, history and background, a lot of people really don't know that part of me. They just know the recent part of me, the last um, five or six years Cody Summer, they know, but they really don't know the Cody Summer, you know, teenager and, and you know, early 20s and really don't realize that I actually grew up racing myself. Oh, really? I didn't know that and grew up in central Illinois and I actually am one of those uh, types of people that split North Carolina to pursue um, a passion and career and that you know I wanted to be in NASCAR I wanted to I wanted to race for a living and that was I was just a good old boy grew up in a town of 600 people and um, just packed my bags up one day after uh, after my dad basically and and we used to race dirt late models and he basically said you know we can't do this anymore so um i kind of said well i don't want to quit racing so um packed my bags moved down there and other things happened but really my racing background you know started when i was 15 and i i drove i drove r- dirt race cars myself uh throughout the midwest okay okay so you're one of us am and that's that's what i'm saying is a lot of times people will say uh, uh you know this guy corporate corporate guy whatever you want to call it i mean at the end of the day people that really really do know me they they actually realize um as you call it and and i've done a lot of things that uh the, the people that um are deeply involved in dirt track racing their whole lives have done I'm really no different when it comes to that. I mean, 
you want me to grind? You want me to weld? You want me to do dirt work? You want me to, you know what I mean? I, I, I can do it. Um, but I also can go in the morning and into the board meeting and, and host a meeting and lead a team of people. I've just, I'm fortunate to have that experience in my life. And well, partially what people are seeing, you know, and I'm extremely, and I, and I'll be, and I'll be real honest. I'm, I'm extremely impressed with the fact that because there's not many people in our world, and, and I say our world, and you're obviously included in that, but there's a lot of people in our world that can't do the grind work, the mounting the tires, the doing everything, and then also going into the boardroom on Monday morning and wear the suit. Like, that's, that's I think, one of the most impressive things, uh, you know, that I just learned was uh, over this, you know, five-minute conversation so far, the... You know, and you can really, I guess, I guess now it makes it makes a lot of sense of what people are seeing at at Mansfield at Gateway Dirt. Um, you know, the AJ AJ had a, had a question that that I wanted to answer, ask, and um, a couple guys on Twitter did too. That a lot of people are comparing you now to like the modern day Earl Baltus. Um, you know, because he's the kind of guy that you know back in the day married gorillas on the front stretch during an intermission time <laughs> you know what in you know whether anybody wants to admit it or not you got 10,000 people plus to go watch a midget race on a basketball court that's a hell of a promoting job and i think everybody's pretty impressed on it but like what's the where does a lot of these ideas come from is it just farming them yourself or do you i mean do you have a creative team or how does that all work uh well first off i don't i don't sleep much when i have an idea uh that's <laughs> where that's where it starts but um you know what's what's interesting about um to, i tell people all the time i i actually have um something that i've titled myself i don't believe it's a real thing or anything but i i I've always told people I have idea man syndrome. I cannot help but to think about the next thing or what to do or what to uh, what can be done to to raise the bar or just you know make a splash and that's just I like that. Yeah, I I don't know why I've always been that way but I just kind of have and it really fuels me um eat things and do things that are very buzzworthy leave a big impact on people i'm a moment type of guy um nothing disappoints me more than if someone comes or does something that i'm involved with in it and they didn't have a moment that they're remembering and they didn't have a moment that they walk away with uh, never being able to forget if they if, if they don't do that i feel like i failed so that's really dna and and of course um in order to have a lot of great ideas that also believes you probably have a lot of bad ideas that you've <laughs> formed out. So probably yeah, I'm no different. I've had a lot of ideas um, uh, that, that I've, I've tried some things that didn't work. And I've also, you'd always want to surround yourself with great people. That's for sure. I mean, and I, fortunately have have been able to do that and i always try to do that and 
a lot of times those great people around you will say, what the hell, you know, what the heck are you doing now? You don't. Oh, you can, you can say hell. You can say whatever you want. We. I can, I, I, I wasn't too sure, you know, but um, anyway, uh, to have people that you trust in your circle and circle, um, honestly, I do. Um, but it's good to have people you trust that you can bounce things off of and you can, like myself, that has a lot of ideas. And I, I do uh, uh, I do a lot of work on those ideas, more than most people would just for an idea. But that's also what you have to do in order to, to take an idea and create something out of it. You know, uh, indie was the... Indie was a product of four years of dreaming and four years of thinking and uh, literally four years. And it, it takes time sometimes to flush ideas out for them to actually come to fruition and, and be something. Well, and sure. then during that flush out process, sometimes you just, your idea doesn't ever, you know, it doesn't ever surface and you don't ever, you don't ever actually do it. Sure. And the Dirt Million this this last year, it, it was an idea that's been around for a long time, and it just it, timing's everything, and just situations are everything, and it it was the time, and I you know the idea surfaced, and it and it happened, and there's plenty more things that that I want to do that we'll see, you know, we'll see if it ends up happening uh, the way we think it all will, or I do anyway, and and go from there, but. Well, I remember, I remember Landon, um, Landon had sent me a, uh, or I'd seen on Twitter that he was going to St. Louis and I was like, what in the hell is he going to St. Louis for? And then when I saw the morning, those photos of a wing sprint car sitting indoors, I just went, oh, this could be awesome. <laughs> uh, well, believe it or not, it was a very very fabricated process it was well very thought out. It well was, and uh, how close how close was the sprint car thing indoors to actually happening i know the midget deal is 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 i personally think that that race is going to be much more instrumental in progress for midget racing true midget racing than what the chili bowl has in the last 10 years so i mean but how close was the sprint car deal to actually coming to fruition i mean if I'm if I'm being honest, um, easy to wrap your head around that type of horsepower and that type of speed happening inside of a building on a fifth mile. So I wasn't really expecting to bring him there and in make a decision test saying we're going to bring sprint cars. I got gotcha. you. Um, it really was about the midget, um, but I'm again, I'm a I'm an idea man, and I trust me, I'd love to have wars, and I'll be honest with you, flat out right now, I plan to. Um, but there's a lot of things that still have to happen. For sure, to happen. sure, absolutely, absolutely. That's uh, that's definitely not a more uh, about, whim. More about the just to show people. In some aspects, it was to show people, okay, we are thinking about this. We are, we are doing research. We are studying and doing our homework. So um, basically, that's really what it was for more than anything. Um, uh, 
and I believe that's what it did. I mean, a lot of people got excited about it. A lot of people talked about it. Oh, and absolutely. Again, was, absolutely. Well, and there was a definite plan to bring them in. Um, and really, I was pretty confident we didn't even really need to test the midgets. I mean, a full-size dirt laymall can go around that racetrack and put on a heck of a show. Uh, and, a, and then a dirt midget can, for sure. Well, um, but absolutely. But it was good um, the way we did. Well, and I, I couldn't. You know, the first when I'll be real honest, when I first I was like, okay, now wait a minute, we're gonna run a dirt late model and a dirt modified indoors. Well, this isn't gonna work. And then I watched that first practice day and went, holy shit, this is gonna work. Like the the races have been really really good. I mean, uh, that's that's the perfect perfect scenario i don't know if I, I mean i i'm sure there's stuff that on the inside that you'd like to do differently or but as far as an event goes that was an event and same thing with what you're doing in mansfield you know the the sprint car world championship the the highest paying dirt late model race in the country and especially that deal that was one of the most creative promotional deals i've ever seen in my life well, I appreciate that. I'll tell you this. It uh people all the time, the dirt million, the single most difficult thing, uh, um, detailed, you know, just honestly draining thing that I have ever done and the people around me have ever done. I mean, uh, it, it's um was so much work to bring that to a level and to to what it was and it's because it is so different that that we we really had to spend a lot of time explaining everything because it's not like they oh yeah okay i'll i'll just go to this website and i'll uh, i'll contribute points or or money toward a purse get something you got to educate them so not only do we have to educate them then we had to put all the processes in place pretty and then go out there and actually execute it so it's it's uh, it was a lot of work i mean anything from custom software i don't oh, sure. say this in any negative way but it's like name an event that actually went out and had custom software developed to to produce an event i mean it literally was something that that we did and it's just it, it, it ideas take great effort want great results well and that's and that's i think where a lot of people you know i think that's where a lot of people are are so i don't i don't want to say shocked or or surprised but you know you've been around racing forever so you you know as well as i do there's a lot of terrible promoters out there that I hate to even call promoters because they don't promote. They open up the back gate, they open up the front gate, and then they go, whoop, cool, people are here. And But short track racing in general needs to have those big events. And to have two of them now in Ohio and then another one in St. Louis that have really popped up in the last two to three years at pretty premier places with big names and big money, Man, that's that's absolutely massive. I I I don't think that there's anybody on this uh, in the country that that can that can sit back and say, well, I wouldn't have done that. I think the late model deal was genius. I mean, it had it had a bunch of sprint car guys talking. They were like, I don't get it, 
And then when I started reading through it and I was like, man, this is brilliant. I was like, cause there's so many, uh, there's so many people, you know, we told, um, or a lot of, there was a, a few people on Twitter this year for Ohio speed week for the sprint car guys that, you know, it's like, Hey, if you want to help out a race team, you know, buy their pit passes for a night, take them, you know, uh, a couple things of water, do ice, do whatever, get them a gas card, things like that. And for a fan to go say, well, I help buy bloomers fuel for the week, or I help do this, or I, I that to me is just, it's brilliant. And I, and I, and then it starts making you wonder why in the world haven't we done that before? And so is it, is that something that you could see expanding on, or is that going to be a dirt million only thing? And that's kind of that late model niche, or is that something that you would possibly do for a, a potentially bigger sprint car show? Well, it's interesting you, you ask because again, I, I, I guess I want to comment real quick about the thing. I unfortunately, unfortunately, I agree with you. There's a lot of promoting organizations, people, whatever, that just expect things to happen. And in the modern era, that's just not possible. People are too busy. There's a lot of options. Be distracted. You know, I'm a beer business guy. I've had I have that background in my corporate business stuff, and it's it, it's to like the craft beer industry um, because people easily relate to it. And I go, you know, the reason the craft beer industry boomed is because because people wanted something different every other day. They wanted to go to the bar today and have this and then go tomorrow and have that. And that's why craft beer boomed. And, and that is just commerce, you know, that is just literally in the way people's mindset works in general nowadays they want something different all the time and that being said as a promoter today you're never ever going to be able to just sit on your hands anymore you have to constantly be moving so right um unfortunately a lot of promoters are not going to be willing to do that and i mean on our end we are we are willing to do that i mean we take promotion very seriously we we'll talk about a sentence and a half tweet in our office and me we'll talk about how to tag somebody literally because it matters everything matters when it comes to promotion because if you don't take it that seriously you have serious results so i guess i wanted to make that comment about the promotion aspect sure. and to, to answer you know to go back to your question about the um the dirt million and call it the format of it and the idea of it and and the possibility of it maybe going to the open wheel side or the sprint sprint car side, I actually intentionally, um, I don't know if you've ever created multiple Twitter accounts or social accounts or anything like oh, that, yeah. but oh yeah, just being just being just being funny. But I will also say this: you never know. But I did. I created uh, shortly after the Dirt Million got rolling and people were talking. I. I actually created an account called the Sprint Million. You have an option. You actually have an option to whether or not you want to share it with your friends when you create an account. And I normally, when I'm my idea man syndrome at 3 a.m. and and, <laughs> uh, uh, and normally would select private. You know, this is private. It's the developmental phase type sure. of thing. And on that particular one, I actually selected public. Just just interested and curious if anybody saw or said something. And 
I, ironically, believe it or not, nobody really saw or said anything, and, and that doesn't necessarily mean anything. I'm just saying could possibly be able to do that. Um, Pro World Championship made more sense to me uh, right now than than the Dirt Million. It's easy. It's easy to see that Dirt Lay Mall Racing has they have six figure, you know, right, purse right. events already. They have massive three-day events tons of them from a from a dollars and cents standpoint they're very far apart and i think there's this frustration level in sprint car racing um because of that and and the reality is is the sprint car world championship was in a way my my way of going you know what let's feel let's test the waters here let's see how this does go and i will tell you this after the event um this april I have never, even after the Dome, after Indy, after anything, Dirt Million now, anything, ever been complimented. People, competitors, you name it, as much as what happened after the, the Sprint Car World Championship. I never have. So it was really amazing. It was like people were very grateful for what happened and just, to be honest with you. Well, and I think it was good for it. It was, you know, I, I know a lot of people had questioned the date of it. That was that was, I think, one of the biggest things of would it pull cars? And I, hell, actually, I think our first show, I said, or our first show back, I said, yeah, it'll work because there's a ton of guys that don't want to go get whooped up on by Brad Sweet and Donnie Shots at Knoxville, and I was like, those guys deserve just as much of a shot to race for a whole bunch of money and as anybody else does so uh, you know i think um you know somebody had asked if uh if the sprint car world championship next year was going to be an outlaw event i was like well i'll ask but i know what the answer is going to (laughs) be but um is there a chance that it's going to get sanctioned by something or is it going to just always going to be an open event something to have the potential of being sanctioned, the phone would probably have to ring and <laughs> that hasn't happened. That's what I was figuring is what the, is that's um, what I was figuring. I, honestly, the people at world racing group and the world outlaws, they're great people. And they've done a lot of great things for the sport of sprint car racing and the sprint car world championship is not in any way. Um, an event that is designed to combat that it, it never sure, is, it never sure. was and never will be and in person and willing to talk to anybody and sit down with anybody if you if you, if, you know if you got to know me you'd know that and that's that's the thing is i'm all about what makes sense for everybody and and i again i make decisions that i believe are are best for everybody and um there you know, a lot of people want to believe that there was this like strategical <laughs> yeah. wasn't sanctioned and oh it was you know to combat with them and no it wasn't um it really wasn't and and in fact it's very easy to see that my intentions were very good with that date choice it wasn't that i really wanted that date choice it was that i i did that try to at least make it an option for the outlaws, for World Racing Group, however you want, you know, whatever you want to say, because if you look at last year's schedule for the outlaws, that was a weekend that they didn't have a whole lot going on, and it was a possibility that they weren't going to go back to that venue anyway, and that was exactly what happened, but they ended up this year 
in that race booking uh, Devil's Bowl. Right. That's so, what it was. It was Devil's uh, Bowl. Devil's Bowl was what ran this year, but the, the year that I actually chose to you know, announce the race and pick the date, it was because they were racing at, um, uh, gosh, I'm drawing a blank now, but in, in India, Indiana somewhere. Maybe you can help me out. May, uh, uh, might have been might have actually been Kokomo. Kokomo or Lawrenceburg. N no, it wasn't that. It was um, the, the new paved track dirt. I'm, I can't believe it. Oh, Plymouth, it. Plymouth, Plymouth. Yeah. Plymouth. Yep. It was the Plymouth weekend. Yep. So I had a really good feeling that they, and it was it was the Saturday race. They didn't have a Friday race or something like that, or it rained out or whatever. The date was chosen to be that weekend because I had a really good feeling and belief that the outlaws as an organization were going to have to make a change that weekend regardless. And at least I didn't want it to be, you know, the last thing I would want it to be is, you know what, uh, during, during, uh, you pick it, anything that is very stable in sprint car racing, that would, right. would be a step backwards to try to race that weekend. I wanted to take a step forward and say, you know what, here's a weekend that late because and there's nothing against what they did at Plymouth. It just it seemed pretty obvious that that maybe wasn't going to happen again. Yeah, so, that would be a correct assumption. <laughs> that would be. <laughs> so so that's why that day was chosen. And um, uh, well, and I, a lot of people loved having that early event uh, or early season type of show. Um, so I didn't want to go too far outside of that with this. You know, obviously, we've announced next year's uh, dates. But I also wanted to get out of that range where maybe we're not racing when it's 36 degrees outside. I would maybe prefer right. that. So um, we, we rallied through and we made it happen. But I'd like to try to help with that. So um, I kind of picked another weekend. Uh, I guess we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what uh, what's decided. Well, and, and I, mean, I yeah, and I think that anytime anytime promoters can work together as as far as promoters and and sanctioning bodies can work together on on making events bigger, I don't see how that hurts anybody. You know, I, I I've never understood the whole us versus them mentality, especially when like you were you the 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 craft beer analogy, which I mean I love beer more than life itself sometimes it seems like, but that that analogy really makes sense because the masses know nascar they know indycar you know they know the miller lights and the bud lights and all that sort of stuff but they don't necessarily know the short track realm and that's actually a pretty pretty big piece of the puzzle and when you can combine try to get as many in one area as you can and especially with ohio being you know diehard race fans especially with with sprint cars that's just a recipe for success really um, AJ had another question and this was actually a good one. A a AJ is a, he's actually, he drove himself for, for many, many years in stock cars and then got into some TQ midgets and 600s and ran a midget a couple times. And, um, but now he's doing track announcing and, um, you know, working on right, some of the promotion side of things. And his question was, is his major question that he wanted to ask was, there's there's so many promoters out there that find success by sacrificing sport for a show how do you balance it like how do you take a what would be a really good race but it might not be the best show for a fan 
where is the fine line in between the two before it becomes a whether where it becomes a race or a circus? Um, that our sport you decide to run the cars backwards all of a sudden. I think <laughs> I think dirt track racing in general. Um, you're going to get the sport out of it. When you get these guys, you guys know them and I know them. Everybody does. Mm-hmm. You get these guys, they're racers. They strap on a helmet. They're going to race. That is a sport. It's competitive to give it. They're all, they're going to blood, sweat, tears it all the way down to the line. Focus less on the sport aspect because those guys that strap on that helmet, Did I lose them? On the on the entertainment side, there's not enough focus on it, and and that's really that's really where a lot of people probably you're not doing enough, and and um, I don't know. I mean, balance. That, that makes sense. I think that makes a lot of sense actually, because it's you know, and I and and I think that you know if. I think if you give Tim Schaefer and Aaron Reitzel turtles and said, go race them, they'd go find a way to do it and put on a hell of a show. I agree with that. And again, now to have a turtle with a, a cool paint scheme or fireworks in the background, <laughs> that's entertainment. I mean, that's the, that's the promotional aspect, you know, and, and even does the turtle, does the turtle race backwards or does the turtle race this turtle, <laughs> then that turtle. It's, it, I guess my point is, um, I spend more of my time focusing on entertainment and promotion than I do competitive and maintaining, call it the integrity of what, where the dirt racing industry comes from. Because I believe you get that out of the people that strap the helmets on regardless. Huh. Well, I mean, does, and I guess it's kind of the same, I guess kind of the same question. Does... Does promoting a dirt late model race differ really in any way from promoting a dirt late model race? Like as far as as far as fan bases go, do you have to do certain things differently for the sprint car fan that you do for the late model fan, or is that are are there more that are intertwined than what we think? I think they're more intertwined than people think. Um, I think the competitors are different, and the way the teams operate are different. But I also think that the differences that I've noticed are, you know, there, there's a lot of examples that, that sense. I mean, I get it. I mean, when you got dirt lay model teams, a guy anywhere practically in the country could decide this Friday or Saturday to go race for 5000 or 10000 bucks, and and some good money to start one you might not have a weekly racetrack and two if you do it probably isn't paying that and even if you got a regional series it it might be paying that and it's like there's just not as many options on that side so it's like it it doesn't surprise me that you know the sprint car racing call it industry operates a little bit differently than the late models because of that and that's more what i noticed than the fan side the fan side People want to be entertained and again i focus on the moments um it, it, i think sprint car fans enjoy moments all fans do i think there's more similarities um 
than people would think and realize. But um, I'm sure I'd have a lot of people argue with me on that. Oh, well, I'm uh, sure. And that's all a passion argument there. I mean, you could, you know, you go to the World 100 and you see the amount of the amount of guys that um, are there strictly to watch Bloomer lose or strictly watch, uh, you know, Brian Burkhofer pass him on the last lap. I've been to probably 10 different World 100s in my life. And the ones that I remember was Jeep Van Warmer ripping the ripping the back end off the race car, trying to chase down the leader, and Brian Burkhofer passing Bloomer with on the last lap. So it's it, moments. Because but it's I'm entertainment. A, it's moments. Absolutely. It's, absolutely. They, they, with an impression, I mean, the biggest dip. You know, it's kind of like this. I mean, if someone wants to argue with me that that they're less similar than I'm saying. I believe what I've said, but here's maybe an analogy you can think, you know, a lot be, I don't know. Do you like a blonde or do you like a brunette? You know what I mean? It's like, right. I think you learn to love a wing or an open wheel car or you learn to love dirt late model with a wedge nose. And it's something that you, you passionate about. So you automatically think less of the other. Well, and again, it, blonde brunette analogy. If you if you love a blonde, you look at a brunette, and it's just not as attractive to you. I think sprint car racing and late model racing. I think most fans look at it that way. And I can tell you from experience, I didn't grow up around sprint car racing. I grew up around in the heart of UMP country, around open wheel modifieds and dirt late models, and. It, it, and it has been naturally i i prefer to to watch a dirt lay mile race but i will tell you that over the course of obviously the last couple of years especially um i have grown to really love the sprint car stuff i i've seen some amazing races yeah you and you've I've had seen some, some wheelmen in in i've seen some drivers do some things that i watch a race it maybe wasn't even the greatest race that I've ever seen, but I watched an individual on the racetrack do something that I've not seen somebody else do. And it makes me just go, wow, you know, holy cow, look at what this person did. I mean, Aaron Reitzel, for example, with Sprint Car World Championship, never oh. seen somebody drive so hard into a corner in my whole life. And you could, could, you could feel him under the helmet literally giving it everything he could to to get to Tim Schaefer and he did and when you thought he was out he was back in and he you know it didn't happen for him but you know what that was a moment that was just a moment and it makes you fall in love with sprint car racing well and and that's and that's you know I think Aaron Reitzel is great for there's a there's a ton of guys that are but that race to me was was special because that was I had I'd seen Aaron Reitzel race a lot before but a lot of people in Ohio hadn't. And when you see a guy that early in the year drive that hard for, you know, that amount of money and just – and it didn't matter if that race paid a dollar to win. He was going to drive that car that hard anyway. And that's, I think, where, you know, sprint car racers and late model racers, we're all the same. We're all – we're we're all uh we're all uh, we're all the same and i think people forget a lot of times and i and i'm and i'm guilty of it too i'm a sprint car snob and 
I'm a complete sprint car snob, but I do enjoy late models as well. And same thing with like the wing and the non-wing, you know, sprint car guys. It's it's an argument that's going to go on forever that I don't really know if there's a solution or if there's, uh, you know, anything that could be really done differently. But I think it's interesting that from from your point of view that it's you know the blondes and brunettes thing. It makes a lot of sense. Um, makes a lot of sense actually. Now that I think about it, and I think about blondes and brunettes quite a bit, so that actually works. <laughs> that actually works for me. Um, what? Uh, I know you guys got Gateway Dirt coming up. What? Um, I mean, that has got to be the most monumental task to take a building that sits dormant for. 330 days a year and then turning it into a racetrack at the snap of a finger and just going racing. I mean, when do you guys, when do you guys physically start working on the racetrack? When do you start getting everything ready to go? How big of a task is it to, I mean, even with like concessions and everything else, what all do you guys have that you going on? So it, it is. It's a, it's a massive undertaking, and it it's a year-round project. Uh, whether it be just the promotion, driver registration, um, engagement all around, uh, the streaming, uh, the venue in itself, uh, it, it kind of has its own set of tasks because it it's such a big building and you're you're literally racing a vehicle indoors so it, it takes a lot and then you're in a downtown city market so now you have to talk about closing street lanes and filing the permits to do that and one-way streets and communicating and putting the processes together to do that and host hotels because again you're in a downtown market and and uh, they're gonna they're gonna sell out, and then you've got parking lots, and then you've got your vendors. Um, fortunately, on the on the food and beverage side, they they kind of don't. I guess I say fortunately, they don't really promoters or anybody you know to to ha- touch that or have anything to do with it. So I don't really well. That's we good don't really have to worry about that on the Mansfield side. Of course, we do, but it, on the dome, it's it's really about um, a lot of other things that. Of course, with a lot of events, you don't have to worry about. I mean, I'll give you another one. Literally, you know, it's it's you know past eight o'clock at night. Person in the office just walked out. Um, she'd been scheduling social media literally for for weeks. We've got we do a deal in in our office. We call sixty days of Gateway for sixty days. You see, uh, just daily. There's not a single day that goes by that you do not see activity accounts um so i guess what i'm saying is there's there's so many angles and aspects oh absolutely. To the absolutely. And, and then on top of it um a racetrack on a flat concrete floor <laughs> and, and to do that takes a lot i mean there's no wall there's no fence i got 30 fence poles literally i i can look up at a security camera right now in my building here at mansfield where we're prepping for the dome three people out there building fence poles, extra fence poles, um, to prepare for spares and, and backups. Um, you know, year after year, you damage a few here or there, but sure. I'm preparing 30 extras, 30 extras this year, just because I want to be extra, extra. So um, my point is, it's just 
there's always something going on and it's eight o'clock at night and this is happening so can you imagine what 10 a.m looks like and, and you know 3 4 p.m so well and and i i'm i'm gonna do my best to get out there for that this year i've the first year I wanted I wanted to go and I was like ah, I don't know and then the second year I really wanted to but a few things came up and this year with uh, I think this year might be the year I I see if uh, see if I can get Baden to fire the plane off and we fly that way because I, I it's one of those events that I like I, I I'm an event guy like I love the reason I love the World of Outlaws and the reason I love those kind of races and Knoxville the Kings Royal your stuff is the the event of it like you walk in the place and you can just feel it and and that's what i uh, that's the kind of stuff that i love and i'm glad that it's progressing and getting bigger and better each year so hopefully i will see you in uh st louis hopefully hopefully i'm uh i'm looking forward so to too. it though. i mean get out there there's there's nothing like it i'm telling you as a racer you know again you know it now because i've told you i'm a racer and I live for those moments and I live for just door to door, just, uh, and, and nothing produces it like that event there. I'm telling you, it just, nothing is like being there. It's just an environment that you just can't explain. And, um, you know, for a lot of that's because of the environment that we have, you know, we have a roof and it's also this well, year, but it's December and, and there's just not, it's all eyes. All eyes are on you, and it's it's uh, from from all aspects. It's just amazing. Well, and I'll and I'll tell you, I I, um, I worked for uh, Tucker Klossmeyer um, for Indy Indoors, and I just remember getting there and going, okay, this is kind of cool. You're sitting there on oh, what road is it? Sitting there basically on that one lane road, and I'm sitting on the side of the road on a four wheeler pushing a midget down the road to go into Bankers Life, Bankers Life Fieldhouse to go race a midget. I'm like, this is awesome. This is the, and, and the amount of people that were walking around from PRI going, okay, so this is fine. This is real. This is actually happening. And those are the kind of, you know, even though that deal was different, we'll put it that way, is it still was something that got everybody thinking and, you know, uh, sure. I mean, I wish there, uh, I wish we could go run the world's biggest midget race inside of Lucas Oil, but I don't see that happening. But you know that I've tried. I've tried. It's not happening. So. Uh, I I know. I figured. I figured with the way that with how much you've uh, how much you've worked on this stuff that that's exactly what there was some sort of plan for it. Um, wish it would have happened, but you know. Maybe, maybe sometime before uh, before I'm dead, we can we, we can somehow, some way, somebody can make it work. But um, well, I we're getting ready to come up on the hour mark, and um, it's been great having you. I've I've learned a lot. I, like I said before, I've from a promoter standpoint and everything else, from you guys' social media presence. You know, me and my close group of friends, we talk a lot about racetracks that you know, are big on social media that are big in, in, uh, in promotion. And those are the racetracks we like to go to. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate, I, I can speak for everybody. We, we appreciate you 
you know, doing these things to, to make these events bigger and make them better. And, and it raises the bar for other promoters because it's like, man, Mansfield's doing that. Why aren't you? And, um, you know, we all appreciate it and, and, and wish you guys the best in, in 2019. And hopefully we can see you at the Dome. Gosh, well, I appreciate that. And, um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we can see you. I'm looking forward to, um, you know, the first year of the Dome, it was just showing everybody. Um, but this year, I, I do feel like we've got an additional set of new eyes on us midget side and the open wheel side and there's a lot of people that'll be inside that building in there obviously and there'll be a lot of people watching oh absolutely um, that have never been there and there'll be a lot of people online dirt on dirt.com broadcasting it watching that have never watched it and hating to think about it's almost like uh just kind of revamping something you've already done just because you got so many new set of eyes on you and i'm excited about that for sure so hopefully we can get you and many of the others uh, new new faces and new people inside the building well we'll uh i'll do my best to make it happen and and i've always been uh i've been a big supporter of that deal ever ever since the first time i saw it so we all appreciate you and uh you know thanks for thanks for coming on it's been fun Awesome. I appreciate it, guys. And uh, uh, the dome. Yeah, we'll see you at the dome. But uh, if you guys don't follow Cody on on Twitter, be sure to do that. Um, it's actually just at Cody Somer. Um, and then Race Mansfield, of course. Um, the Dirt Million. You know, if you've not been to Mansfield and you haven't been been around, um, or if you're you know you're new, check it out. It's the racing has been absolutely fantastic over there. So. Now we just need him to get a big old non-wing event over there. That's never know. Never say never. Never say never. Oh. But uh, but no, thank you for coming on, and uh, we'll cut her, we'll shut her off there, and and uh, so thanks a lot, Cody. It's been fun.